Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. Multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half. How'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning and then 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Here we are again. Welcome back to the Operator Podcast. This is episode number 30. So that's good. Another milestone. I want to get up to a certain amount, but I'm having a lot of fun doing this. I really appreciate everybody watching. It's a good time because I'm able to tell you what I think, um, my opinions. Some are facts, some are opinions, and then uh, how I think as an operator to you. And you can respond to me uh, how you think I'm doing, how you think you're doing, and anything else too. If there's ever stuff that you want to talk about, seriously drop it in the comments on any of my social media, at The Operator Podcast on Instagram, at Makuya on Instagram, that's M-C-H-O-O-Y-A-H, and at Makuya on Twitter. Twitter's the reason I have at Makuya. I've told you the story before. It's because I made up a name, and um, I was told I could mess with people, and then my name leaked, and uh, I had about ten or 15,000 followers the next day, so there it is, at Makuya. I, because a Mick for Irish and then Huya for Buds. Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL training, which is the training that every Navy SEAL needs to go through in order to start the process of becoming a SEAL. That's We have the, you know, it's a, it's a lot of calisthenics in the first part. It's a, There is a part of, of SEAL training where you wake up on Sunday and go till Friday called Hell Week. And uh, it, it was definitely hard. It, uh, when I went through, that was one of the times in life where it's like, I didn't have a past. Uh, the future looks bleak. I'm just in hell. But... That is a good lesson learned in life because it gets better. I found that no matter what, it gets better. You have some lows, you'll have some highs, and then you'll have some more lows. And sometimes when you're low, uh, especially when it's chemically induced low, like if you had a big Friday night, you might be depressed all day Saturday, but the realization is that time will heal it and you can move on. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I've gone through that. I still do. Uh, there are certain factors... PTSD for combat vets is a real thing, post-traumatic stress. I don't call it a disorder because I think everybody has it. I know everyone in my family has it, <laughs> and most of my friends have it. Um, and that I think that you know that's a chemical thing along with um, depression that you can, you're going to have better days. One of the keys, too, I, I actually tweeted out the other day that because um, I wasn't sure how to feel about the day, but I, I tweeted out that if you put your, if you got out of bed, put your feet on the ground, and you're not in a jail cell, today's a good day, because um, you get you get a chance to get up and get outside. The you know the whole vitamin D aspect of being in the sunlight, getting active, 
it helps me all the time. Um, I think it helps pretty much everybody. It's like the, I think it was either the Rangers or infantry could have been Marines that would just say uh, their answer was, "But did you die?" No, you didn't. So you're fine. I'm talking to you right now. You didn't die. You're fine. And uh, it comes along too with um, if you can call your parents. Um, if you cannot call your parents, call someone that loves you because someone someone loves you. Believe it. I love you. I'd call you, but I can't give my number out anymore. It gets me in a lot of trouble anyway. Um, and that was another thing, too, that um, I've had really good friends of mine tell me that when you see the phone ring, if it says dad on it, make sure you answer it and say hi. Tell him you love him. If it says mom, tell her hello and tell her you love her because one day those phone calls will not come in. So that's just the shitty thing about life. But uh, like I said, we move on with people that we love. I'm not trying to get depressing. Uh, and again... I have notes. I'm <laughs> not looking at them. I promise to look at them. It should be interesting today because, you know, the the the, um, the phrase that pays is in Ukraine. It's uh, that's the uh, that's a lot of the talk going on, especially in public. Um, we talk about Ukraine. We talk about the enormous amount of money that we're funding. To Ukraine, and last last week I put out a big list of pork that, uh, and pork is uh, uh, when when the government puts a bill together and they will add something for a congressman in there so that someone a member of Congress, so that um, they will vote for the bill. That so that'll be a pork project that goes in their district that it can or can't help. It might help, it might not, but it's a uh, it's a lot of the funding that the taxpayers give to them because. Um, Congress spends a lot more money than they make. And by saying make money, they're not really producing anything. It's the taxpayers' money. It's your money. And we can get into a tax argument all day long. But um, you are paying taxes whether you like it or not. Even if you you don't get it back in April, <laughs> they just how much they're going to let you keep that they already took from you. Um, I And like, you know, I, I pay taxes all the time. I found out what my fair share was when I got out of the Navy. It's a lot. But it's annoying to to look at these pork projects, all the money that will send overseas to different st- and and again, someone brought up today too that maybe it's not even, you know, I was saying how they spent a I I don't have the stats with me because I was tired of looking at it, but there's a certain amount of millions of dollars or whatever where they're finding out if a you know a country rat can beat up a city rat or something like that, um, but uh, you know the money goes there. To, it, it might not, though, because that could be a way that they're laundering it. We'll just say that it's going here and just send it somewhere else or pocket it or whatever they do there. Um, yeah, that's that's politics in Washington. Uh, what did uh, Harry Truman, who was a president, keep in mind this president dropped the nuke twice. And he said, show me a man who gets rich being a politician and I'll show you a crook. That was never uh, intended it was never intended to have um, career politicians. That's that that right there should tell you something. The career in politicians, the the structure, the swamp, if you will. That's what it's called, and that's what it is. And it's bigger than the politicians. It's whoever's adv- advising and or giving orders. Because uh, you always hear the same. I mean, you hear them, but you know what they are: big pharma, big tech, um, the military industrial complex, the NRA. People giving big money to politicians to get the vote so that they, you know, they, they raise the money at the fundraisers. And I'm, I don't feel like getting into which side I'm on and all. I will a little bit, I guess. I mean, 
we uh, we're all pissed at pharmaceutical companies pharmaceutical companies now because of the the debate that we've managed to politicize between getting the vaccine and not getting the vaccine. Uh, and you got to look at it both ways. I mean, are they making a ton of money on the vaccines? Yeah. Do we like vaccines? Yeah. If you get cancer, do you want to get treated? Yes. But then there's the opposite side of that too. Like um, with cancer, they haven't cured it, but they have a lot of treatment. And like I've said before, there's no money in the cure. There's a hell of a lot of money in the treatment. They probably they could probably um, cure diabetes, but why would they when they can just keep selling insulin for thousands of dollars a month for people that need it? Um, but that's the whole thing, and I, I'm going to get it. But but what we're not talking about. So I, speaking of government too, because I guess. I could uh, say that I worked for the government for a while because my my paycheck came from Uncle Sugar. He did pay me, took the taxes out, and I thought I was getting a bunch. But I had a I had an accountant when I was in Virginia Beach, who was actually really good. You go in there and talk to him. He explains. I mean, there are there are not. I guess loopholes would be a good word. There are ways to to get your income tax paid and then maximize what you are um get what you're. I hate getting back. What you're getting in April, it's a, it's a fat check sometimes. Just, I mean, when you're an E5 in the Navy, it's nice as shit. Uh, but, yeah, he used to uh, – because I, I, I remember I, I had a – when I was living in Virginia Beach, I had a, a neighbor who was a um, – he was a financial advisor, and I, I got, did get his card. I forgot his name. I just shouldn't say his name, but uh, we said something when we were picking up kids at the school bus. I was like, yeah, you know, our taxes are paying for something. And he said, oh, you don't pay taxes. And uh, I took offense to that at first, but then I'm kind of like knowing what I know now and being a little bit older, um, some people do pay their fair share, and I hate that. Every time I hear a politician say, if they'll just pay their fair share, that's bullshit. Well, if, if the billionaires just paid their fair share, it, I, I, damn it, I wish I would have looked up the stats or something. If you took every billionaire in the country and they paid 100% of their income, the government would last a matter of weeks. So the fair share is just something to, well, if you can imagine, do what the politicians always do, buy your vote. So, but yeah, I was in the Navy. I've mentioned that. Government um, government paycheck, which was kind of cool, though, because we did get it. It was, it was cool to get a paycheck one, twice a month. Every two weeks you get paid. And it was even, I mean, I lived in the barracks for my first two years at SEAL Team 2, which actually was awesome. Because I got to hang out with a bunch of young sailors, and there was a marine barracks across the street, a bowling alley, the PX, uh, not the PX, the Navy Exchange, everyday little fr- prices at your family store, um, McDonald's, and like the, the chow hall. You could go to the chow hall, and I had learned in boot camp that if you put gravy and hot sauce on rice, it's awesome, especially if you get some of that good-ass Navy chicken. Um, anyway, so I was, um, I was in the Navy, government employee, I suppose, but I, unlike government employees, bureaucrats, you can actually fire people in the military. Sometimes you can't even get fired. Sometimes you get sent to what we call the brig, or I think the stockade. And uh, what was that line from Biloxi Blues? <laughs> this has nothing to do with it. There are no bathrooms in the Army, Jerome. There were only latrines, Christopher Walken. Um, but I, I joined the Navy. I was getting to a point where I'm going to go with this. We, what, one of the things that we learned after boot camp, before the barracks, at basic underwater demolition SEAL training, was doing uh, calculations for tides. Like, you go out, uh, when I was there, um, back when you had to walk uphill both ways to Bud's, um, you could see the surf zone, we call it the surf zone, from, um, from our barracks. And if you think about that, man, that was part of a good reason to even go to Bud's, is like, 
I probably won't make it through SEAL training, but man, I get to live in Coronado for free for a while. And even if I get kicked out or go to what they call X Division, every the only easy day was every day, Yahoo type shit. You get to um, you get to live in California. You're you're basically within walking distance from everywhere it was back in the day. You could don't go to McPee's, I, and I don't recommend Danny's if you're in Buds. I think I could be wrong. If any of you people, your job starts with an H, <laughs> Navy SEALs out there can correct me. Please do. Um, if you don't want to correct me, that's fine. If you can say you don't listen to my podcast, but you do anyway. Um, but the tides uh, in the ocean, this now this is going to throw some people off because we do get into um, conspiracy theories once in a while. The tide is is basically a, a, a product of the the moon and our gravity and the way it shifts. So if, if you're a flat earther, you don't believe in the tides. And I can't explain it myself because uh, it's the same thing. Well, like with my bathtub, if I fill my bathtub, it doesn't rock back and forth. So maybe that does mean the earth is flat. Right. Or maybe it doesn't. But uh, um, yeah, so the tides, the tides do that. And well, here's another one like with uh, with with climate change. OK. And, and that's a religion. So God help you if you talk about that, because someone's going to come after you. But with the climate change, with like the with the I might have said this before, too. I'm, I'm sure I stole it from somebody. But they said, yeah, it's like the time that uh, I had a glass of ice water and the ice cubes melted and it flooded my whole fucking house. Doesn't happen. But so the tides, um, they originate in the ocean, progress forward towards the coastline, right? And then when they're at their highest point, which means where the, and I'm not trying to insult your intelligence here, but, you know, I believe in keeping it simple. I am not, I'm going to get into some smart shit later, and I had to read it and study it because I'm not smart. It's like when we went after bin Laden, I didn't really need you to tell me, keep telling me how you found bin Laden. I can care, I'm smart enough, and I was in shape at the time to carry body armor. Maybe one thing of water, a sledgehammer, and a gun. You tell me where he is. I'll go there. I trust you. You're smart. I'm not. So I'm not trying to dumb. I am dumbing this down, but it's more for myself. Keep it simple, stupid. I'm stupid. I need to keep it simple. The highest part, the crest of the wave, when it reaches the top of where it goes, that is called high tide. Mm-hmm. And um, guess what the low tide is? Yeah, you got it. So the high tide and the low tide is basically where, and you can see it like whenever you're doing runs on the beach and you always try to get to the, what we call the hard pack sand that's because it's it's low tide and there's more um it's a harder pack and it's it's not as soft <laughs> this is all starting to make complete sense even to my enlisted brain so um the hard pack is because the surf was up and then it was down and we we actually in seal training we used to do um the form well we, we do conditioning runs which could be anywhere from four miles to god knows how many eight miles maybe and those were mind games because those were in the soft sand and uh and the mind game would be they'll run you two miles that way and you know when you turn around and they'll do the little circle it up so you give the guys in the goon squad a chance to get back into the uh the pack because if you're in the goon squad that's a certain distance behind the main group you get what they lovingly call extra attention and you don't want extra extra attention. Extra attention. I'll post a picture of extra attention. It could be something as simple as doing bear crawls up and down the sand dunes, the berms, as as long as they want you to. I've seen I've seen an instructor. If I repeat myself, bear with me too. It's, this is number thirty of the operator podcast. I only have so many stories. If I repeat myself, please bear with me. But I like with extra attention. I saw them make a guy 
quit because he didn't even quit. He got medically dropped from SEAL training because he was in the the goon squad at the end of a run and he said something. Or even if he didn't say anything, this instructor thought he heard him say something. So he he took him up and over the sand berm and made him low crawl from there to the surf zone and back and the surf zone and back and this he made him crawl in the sand for so long that he what we would call he broke him and uh, the kid didn't want to quit but he was medically dropped from training because he was so broken so that's um and the way they would mess with you on a soft sand run is you run out there you at the two mile mark kind of circle it up a little bit and then you run back and then you can see the buds compound you got the o course there's that was the dive tower i think they threw that down um, and then there's the barracks, and then you—that's where you go in to finish that evolution. Every every um, everything we did in buds was called an evolution. But then they didn't stop, and they kept running. So they would keep going. Now you're running towards the Hotel Del Coronado, which is a mile away. So that sucks, and you don't know when it's going to end. And those are soft sand runs. But when we we would uh, do at least one a week was a um, a four mile timed run. And when you could, you wanted to run that on the heart pack. So I was talking about that when the uh, when the the high tide comes up and then it goes down. That that's the ideal time to be running on the beach if you're getting time because that is your chance to run as fast as possible. But we did have days when it was high tide and you're running your four mile time run and it's time. I mean, I just said timed. It's timed. And if you fail too many, you're going to get kicked out of training. If, there's there's timed evolutions. There's certain events you have to pass. Like the 5.5 nautical mile ocean swim, which is, I think, 7.1 human miles, you have to um, pass, just complete it. But there's other ones that are for um, for time, completion, whatever, uh, whether, you know, drown proofing, stuff like that. Um, so high tide, low tide, we call it just the surf zone. We didn't get, I don't want to get, I never wanted to get too technical with it. But there's a place now that's very important, and they're calling it the littoral zone. The littoral zone is, a, is I'm reading this now, is the grassy, reedy, marshy perimeter along the banks of our waterway. So think of the banks. Um, and it's a transitional area between open water and uplands. So we'll say it goes out to about, I think, 200 feet. I'm looking at that, the uh, ideal place. And this is the ideal place to study um, nature's interconnectedness and how people impact the water's health based on how they manage the land. And there's there's uh, open water animals. There's littoral animals, like a, I think a crab would be one. And then uh, uh, littoral animals don't fly. Those would be, um, that would be foul <laughs> if they fly. No, they're foul anyway. But the littoral zone, and I got, I got yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, I was right. It's out to 200 feet. So you've got, like, in California is a good example. It goes up to the base of the cliffs. So let, let's say you got, uh, you got a beach and then the cliffs. The littoral zone is, uh, stops at the coastal right area. And then so you go from the berms, the surf zone, the breakers, and then you go out to uh, high tide. Or not high tide. The deepest spot is high tide and low tide are in there. And then 200 feet is the littoral zone. Why is this important now? Because we, it looks like once again, and this is not the first time this has happened as a great nation, we now are uh, pretty much going to be relying on the U.S. Marines. 
because the littoral Marines, they've been out for a little bit. They should be, I think, a major command by 2025, and that's right around when that um, four-star Air Force general said he can expect a war with China. So that should be scary because um, that would mean fighting in the old islands, the same ones that were fought in, in, um, in World War II. But now um, technology is a lot better, so it may not be... Uh, we're, we're at a point now in combat where if you're talking on your phone or radio, they can track you. And what does that mean if they can track you? That means they can kill you. Um, that means uh, China's getting advanced. Too. I'm not advocating for a war with China. Believe me, I do not want a war. With, I don't want a war with anybody. But we seem to be in this place where we really want to go to war and uh, it's getting it's getting it's getting more so advanced to the point of going back to primitive, because if we start shooting down satellites and messing with electronics, that means we can't talk. That means we can't navigate. That means we can't use a GPS, a global positioning system that you don't even think about when you're driving with your iPhone. It gets you somewhere. Turn right here. You know, turn left here. Um, and technology is advancing to the point where if we if we start shooting. Are each other's satellites and freezing each other's communications. I hope they're teaching them how to use a map, map and compass, and use celestial navigation for how to get around because communications gone. So is our navigation system. So, the littoral marines. Let's talk about them. The dollar is getting crushed. We all saw what happened in the crypto market last year. Why would you trust your hard-earned savings in unstable governments printing their way out of debt? or volatile overseas investments. Take my advice, protect your financial future with something real. Gold and silver from my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered strictly right to your front door. I've been all over the planet, many different countries, and there is only one universal currency that is always of value, and that is gold. Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry. Five stars with Trustlink, AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com and get up to $2,500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them the operator sent you. Or give them a call at 844-790-9191. That's 844-790-9191. We cannot control this government or the Biden administration, but we can prepare for the consequences of their policies. Protectwiththeoperator.com. That is protectwiththeoperator.com, or give them a call, 844-790-9191. So littoral Marines are working, obviously, in the maritime environment. They're doing special reconnaissance and stuff, and it's Really good to see the Marine Corps doing this because that tells me, uh, it should tell the rest of us now, that the powers that be, the leaders in the Marine Corps, are smart enough to, re, um, to realize the evolution of combat and the way, the way that it's going. And, and inevitably, the, the only nice way to say it is they, they were designed because we're looking for a way to fight China and win. It, on different unnamed islands of the Pacific in dealing with, like I said, the electronic warfare and stuff like that, the new new techniques of uh, counter-surveillance, counter-intelligence, and, and counter-troop stuff. They're, so they're doing these exercises 
there in like 29 Palms and Camp Pendleton in California. And then off the coast, we have San Clemente Island where we do our last part of SEAL training out there. And there's all kinds of bombing ranges where the, the Navy and Marine Corps can bomb. Well, anyone can bomb, I guess. They used to do uh, some indirect fire, some, some uh, naval gunfire, which still sounds cool. But they're doing these exercises to see how they work. They, they were these exercises, and and they're doing them, you know, sometimes days with little or no sleep. They're going against each other, but also they're trying these new tactics to the point where uh, a bunch a bunch of generals and the commandant of the Marine Corps went out to see the results of them. And now, so they're they're the realization of what could be happening and how we're changing from you know counterinsurgency stuff to actually fighting an army, which we're designed to do. Um, but right now, I mean, obviously, the big thing with with um, with China is expanding, and they are uh, they announced recently that they're expanding their military budget by seven percent, and. Uh, that's a pretty big bold move, especially what they're doing in their region and and, and what they're what they're trying to uh, to accomplish. Uh, well, obviously they're trying to accomplish taking over everything, but but they're looking for their neighbors right now. They're looking to expand a way to. Uh, they're having you know they need to be able to support their own economy. So that, so the Littoral Marines is the Marine Corps' answer to a, a very new battlefield. And the way that it what it was explained that made perfect sense to me was that they need to unlearn what 20 years of fighting post 9/11 were. And that would mean um, if you're in these regions on these islands, maritime amphibious stuff, it, it's it's not just from the reconnaissance and the the people out there who are reporting real time back to what is happening. Yeah, they are they are being used as spotters, but also they have to be careful with the type of information they're sending and how. Yeah, that we are changing the way we communicate and stuff. But uh, if there is an incident with communications or with being tracked by someone, the the it's not just the Marines that are out there in the field, the uh, senior NCOs, the non-commissioned officers, and the ju- the junior officers. It's going up to the you know their commander is going to be a colonel, and then he's got a staff, and he needs to be comfortable. He or she <laughs> needs to be comfortable um, with going for days without hearing from their troops in the field simply because they're not going to try to communicate. And that takes a lot because, I mean, even in Iraq and Afghanistan, they were constantly trying to find updates and you constantly have, you know, drones over your head or whatever and you're talking to them and relaying to them. Uh, they have to be comfortable not um, not being able to do that. It's a, like I said, it's a new battlefield. And you just need competent dudes out there. And the Marine Corps recently announced that they are no longer going to have snipers, scout snipers in infantry platoons. They, I think what they said is they have to be in a reconnaissance group. Um, but I, I, they were saying something about canceling scout sniper, which I don't think is a very good idea. We, when I went through sniper school, it was designed um, by Carlos Hathcock, who's the greatest Marine sniper in history. The reason they're doing this, though, is um, because of Xi Jinping, who was just elected for, I think, a third term. He's basically going to be the president, but also the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party. 
the president, which means he represents China globally, and the chairman of the Central Military Commission, which means he he runs the whole show. And he is going to be basically doing that until he dies. That's going to be his job forever, and he's just expanding. He wants to go into Taiwan right now, too, just because, well, a, a lot of reasons, but they're doing, they're doing the same bullshit that uh, Russia's doing with saying that this part of Ukraine, the Russian speakers is part of Russia. He, he's he's going to say the same thing about Taiwan. He's already saying the same thing about Taiwan, and they're gearing up for it. They're gearing up for a lot of things. And I'm just re- not, I'm relieved because we have leaders now talking about what happens if we go to war with China, which we do not want to do, but there's an issue with China, something like $300 billion worth of, worth of stolen property rights because they're taking everything from our universities. They're taking everything that they can get from us, and they're going to use it against us, what they are. They're using the fact that we uh, are afraid to say that communism is bad. You got kids in, in college saying they want socialism, which leads to communism, which is all that stuff. And he's uh, like, they're, they're calling him like the paramount leader or the, you know, obviously the, the, the leader, but, but, He's he's got more of a um, he's he's a more powerful dictator than Mao Zedong in the seventies and and uh, um, it's just it's just crazy to think what could happen over there in in China in Russia um, anyway I, I'm relieved that the Marine Corps is doing this I hope they bring their scout snipers back because there will come a point where we need people like that in the field that are familiar with the area of operation or familiar with the islands or familiar with the communications, the dielectric constant and stuff that goes across the water when you're communicating. Uh, I'm not a comm guy. I, I knew how to do a little bit of that stuff. But they're, um, th- China is pre- preparing for war too, and don't think they're not. The, the balloon fiasco that recently happened is proof that they're gathering intelligence on the United States. They're, it, it suggests that um, they, you know they're, they're collecting atmospheric data. They're looking at where our nuclear supply is because the unfortunate thing is we're at a point where if it gets too serious, it, it will end up to um, it will end up to nukes. And we were caught flat-footed. We were caught off guard by the intrusions of these balloons, and it was just a balloon that's coming over. And then all of a sudden, we're getting um, information, potentially disinformation about airspace being turned off because we've got F-16s shooting down UFOs. I think that uh, one of our stealth fighters got um, the first balloon kill, but we, our deterrent, I think our deterrence is, uh, and I've, I've talked about deterrence, alliance, solidarity, and forward defense uh, I think deterrence is our number one defender because it's the guy with the big stick that you don't want to fight. And it's eroding because the CCP is mobilizing their entire society for war. And we're designed, like I said, to fight um, to fight big armies and, and fight infantries and fight big navies. They, yeah, they've got a bigger navy, more ships. We've got a bigger navy. We've got a better navy, but... What happens when they start using the technology that our brilliant people have come up with that they stole from us? And, you know, I will, I'll say stuff like military-industrial complex on this show, and um, I talk, um, I, you know, I, I talk about the big-time contractors, but we're lucky to have some of those people, and we're lucky some of the universes, universities are teaching uh, 
are teaching the, the all the science that's necessary to get stuff like hypersonic glide technology and maneuverability in the air and and uh, magnetic warfare and uh, microwave warfare because if China has it, they're going to use it. And you know what's scary is because everything's a political event, everything from a vaccine to pronouns, everything is politicized. Um, and what some people have a tendency to do when uh, people say something that they don't agree with that might be fact, they're the first ones to start throwing around the world the word uh, Nazi. Nazi this, and, and uh, they, th- they start calling people Hitler. You're, you're worse than Hitler. Here's something that Hollywood's not going to tell you. You know who's killed a lot more people than Hitler? Communist China and Communist Russia. So, you know, I, I have my own opinions about what's going on in Ukraine and how, you know, Russia can't become an empire too. It's a, it, it's a bad place, but... Um, I think I think China's a China's a bigger problem because they let they didn't let but they uh stood by as Russia started bombing civilians in Ukraine and they're just watching for a response and the response was strong and NATO's I mean NATO's proven they can kick some ass especially if they start fighting cuz right now we're giving them vehicles and th- you know I don't I'm I don't know uh where to go with that but we we're proving with Russia we can kick their ass and China's noticing so they haven't invaded Taiwan Yet, um, I almost said Thailand. If they go into Thailand. I think maybe everyone would just be happier. I've heard that Th- Thailand is. Uh, I've never been, but I've heard it's just good to go. But um, the good news is, other than the Littoral Marines, we have uh, new combatant craft that I want to talk about. I talk about security quite a bit on this podcast. Do you know what a VPN is? A virtual private network. Going online without ExpressVPN is like changing while leaving your window wide open. You might not have anything to hide. You might not care, but why give random creeps a chance to invade your privacy? When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers can see every single website you visit. Nobody wants that. They can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants, and they'll use your data to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, Internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. Very, very simple to do. Download the app, fire it up, click one button. Phones, laptops, even routers at your home so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash the operator today. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N as in November.com slash the operator. And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash the operator. Well, I mean, it's it's a combat ship and it's not necessarily new. Uh, but it, I mean, as far as military stuff, it sort of is. But there's been there's been back and forth with the uh, I've been using that word littoral a lot. And littoral seems like it could mean, I guess, something else, but it doesn't. I told you about the reason that it is, and these littoral combat ships were designed because a lot of the big Navy ships, even frigates, which, I mean, a frigate's a badass ship. I cover those in the, like, the first five episodes of the Operator Podcast. But, like, destroyers, cruisers, and frigates were vulnerable 
to uh, a lot of different weapon systems to include mines, anti-ship missiles in um, in the Latour region. So they they invented, uh, invented, built Latour combat ships. And they, again, these are these high-speed, smart contractors, Lockheed Martin, Booz Allen, things like that. They, um, they invented these ships, and, and the technology on them is something. Everything from the skin of the ship to the interior, probably to the living conditions. I've never been on one. Uh, I don't plan on being on one. I got out of the Navy a while ago, but uh, I imagine the living conditions are a lot better. They've done so much stuff with the keels, which is the backbone of the ship, that even stuff as far as seasickness has has, uh, been contained a little bit. I mean, if you get seasick, you get seasick. Look at the horizon or take Dramamine if you need to. I'm sure the chow halls are probably better. I'd imagine getting resupply is probably better. But there's a lot of really cool stuff that the engineers came up with for these littoral ships. They they now they recently declassified a few of them, and that was while we were still in Afghanistan. Because <clears throat> I imagine what they were trying to think is, well, we're in Afghanistan, this landlocked. Why would we need to concentrate on this uh, new type of warfare? And that's that's really not thinking outside the box because the big picture thing, like I said, and the Marine Corps is doing a great job with it. I hope the Navy's doing a great job with it, is the uh, <clears throat> island-hopping warfare that we might see in the Pacific, which I hope we don't. But um, one thing that kept that, that, that hit, me, uh, hit me square in the face is that when, when talking about a lot of the technology, they were being very careful not to necessarily say what it was. They would, they would say situational awareness a lot. It helps improve situational awareness. And I think what that means is they can get into certain waters <clears throat> and act as a they're, – they're, they're more maneuverable, probably faster than the bigger ships. So they can get in there, move quickly, be offensive and defensive. They have a lot of capabilities, but the situational awareness – and then they, they said that they are uh, completely getting rid of the electronic warfare and replacing it with next-generation or next-gen technology, which, again, is way out of my pay grade, but that just sounds pretty cool. Um, and it's designed offensively, defensively, all that stuff as far as um, communications and jamming. Like even even the exterior of the ship has angles and and uh, designs almost like stealth mode. Like it, you can barely see it. They're good at t- uh, tuning out the enemy's ability to see them over horizon missile systems, which is just cool. <laughs> can you imagine shooting some over the horizon? Um. Yeah, so with that kind of stuff. So uh, the, the way that I heard it explained, and I went to um, to see some stuff from Lockheed, they said uh, there was a dude getting interviewed. He was the C, the commanding officer of something, but he the way he described it, and I like the way he did this, and I forgot his name, but he was describing it um, in a way that I like to describe things. He was dumbing it down, especially for me. He said, think of destroyers and cruisers as desktop computers. And think of these littoral ships as mobile phones, like the difference between the size but the capability. I think there's there's more uh, technology in one of your phones than there was on the first, you know, uh, lunar rocket that did or did not go to the moon. Um, and they said that uh, when describing these ships and talking about next generation stuff, they said it has open architecture. Open architecture, which I guess means 
that things are very, very easily upgraded or swapped out, and that's very important to come up, you know, think of the the times of the warfare, how fast the technology, everything from the artificial intelligence to the robots falling in love with their programmer to wanting to be a human. Easily swap with open architecture. Um, and and like I said, they can they can go out, they can branch off from the battle group because the bat now that'll be something to see with naval warfare because the 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 ships were designed the, originally we designed our ships in the navy way back in the day and the navy's actually older than the country 1775 um the navy was designed for open ocean battle and that's continued all the way up and then once we got into aircraft carriers and submarines um that was strength in numbers and obviously the the Aircraft carriers, jets can, or even planes, the jets can reach further than anything else. The submarines uh, are there to design, you know, to, to, to protect the carrier where the, the, the battle group commander would be. Uh, you know, the jets can go way out, and then the frigates can just really mess things up. But, the, but uh, also then with the destroyers, they can, get, they can get real-time intel, assuming we have communications back to the jets, back to the missiles, and, and, and th- you know, and a lot of them have the over-the-horizon capabilities. And they said, on top of, I'm talking, I'm going back to um, littoral combat because this is a new version in case of the island hopping thing. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, if you would. They, um, they have these, this is another one where they were a bit ambiguous. They have these f- uh, flexible weapon spaces on top of these littoral ships. Uh, and there were three of them. And they said they could accommodate new systems as threats change. And adapt. So again, that's some of the open architecture type stuff. So they have um, the vertical launch capability, which I'm sure you've seen even back at you know the uh, Desert Storm launching cruise missiles, or when they shot them at at um, Afghanistan. I think those are the vertical launch things. Uh, and they their their goal is to be able to outrange crafts that are similar to them. And I love when they say, uh, because this is a, a smart person's way of actually sounding tough, and they say well, uh, its main goals are lethality and survivability, which I thought was cool. Then here's the one that that really hit me. Uh, again, there, there were a few things that I was reading and listening to that that surprised me. They said that uh, those... Um, flexible weapon spaces can be used for the vertical launch capability, the the... the Missiles, and then they said also for direct energy weapons. Now think about that for a second, direct energy weapons. So those would be, and these are weapons now, uh, high-energy lasers, high-powered radio frequencies, microwave, neutral particle beam weapons. So now we're talking about shooting microwaves and on high-speed, high-powered radio frequencies and lasers that people hear. Just to jump off on a quick tangent... Because I always think of stuff. Did you know? You may know this. You may not know this. Did you know that laser is an is an acronym, not an abbreviation, an acronym. It's pronounced laser. Light amplification by simulated emission of radiation. That's kind of cool. If you think about it, um, yeah. Light amplification. Light amplification. Say it. Light amplification of stimulated emission of radiation. Laser. That again gets me to another point. Have you seen uh, the movie War Dogs with Jonah Hill? That is a great movie. I love that movie. It's it's about uh, 
it's about these gun runners and and it's I mean it's loosely based on a true story, but a lot of this happened. It was a a gun runner that figured when you're looking at government contracts, especially with a war in Afghanistan and a war in Iraq piping hot, the big guys are going to get the big contracts. But the way that uh, the way that it was explained in the, in the movie was uh, um, the, 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 the character's name was Ephraim Diverelli. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, Ephraim Diverelli, real guy, real arms dealer. He was explaining how you can go through these websites and find out what the government's trying to buy. And instead of uh, you know getting the big tank deals or the big ship deals, he started running guns, and uh, he, he he was like, yeah, the, the big guys are always going to have their seat at the table, and we can only get the crumbs, but I fucking live off of crumbs. And I think, and, and so now we're dealing with taxpayer money and government contracts. Um, I think it's, what, what does it say here? Is, uh, his, um, he was at first awarded a contract for $298 million, and he's got a company of a couple different people. And they're figuring out how to get guns, but then they get into some relatives who are overseas, and um, people in Cold War Europe, where they were waiting for an attack on the America from the Americans that never came, and then with the fall of the Soviet Union, there's all this shit everywhere, and people are buying it up, and then it gets into certain great movie, War Dogs, man, it's awesome. When I don't know if this part is true, but there's a scene in the movie where they they roll through Iraq, they have to get their guns from Jordan to Baghdad. And they drive through it, and I guess one of the army guys, they see they couldn't believe that they drove through the uh, triangle of death. I, one of the famous lines is, you stop for gas in Fallujah. Uh, great movie. And, uh, he, you know, there was a, um, again, they, it was loosely based on that. Um, but the reason I brought that up is saying that LASER is an acronym. That sort of reminded me of the name of his company was AEY. And there's a uh, there's a scene in the movie where he hired a bunch of people and they're in the boardroom and he's got his so Ephraim is up front and uh, he's talking to the board and he just said basically everything that we're gonna do and how we're gonna make a bunch of money and one of the guys one of his junior guys said because he said uh, does anyone have any questions he goes I have a question what does A E Y stand for and he goes what does it stand it stands for nothing like what is what does IBM stand for? And the kid says, like, international business machines. And Ephraim goes, get the fuck out of here. And he kind of left. No, no, seriously. Get the fuck out of here. You're fired. Um, yeah, so that was uh, the movie. That was with lasers being acronyms. Uh, and, oh, AEY actually. <clears throat> AEY stood for the – uh, Ephraim bought a shell company from his dad that wasn't doing anything, and AEY stood for the first initial of each one of that dude's kids. So laser's an acronym. So is AEY. We didn't know it. Apparently, so is IBM. And preparation is pretty much the key to everything. And have you seen what's been happening lately? Are you getting worried about what's happening in the world? I am not necessarily worried, but I am prepared. I think everyone should stock up on emergency food before it's too late. The way things are going, the next shocking headline – could spark nationwide panic, and we've seen people panic, and grocery stores will be stripped bare within hours. And and even right now, the supply lines aren't what they used to be. So are you ready for that? Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, and you'll not only get their popular three-month emergency food kit, but you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear that will help you get through the tough times that are ahead. 
You can't rely on the government to save you, and you shouldn't think they're going to. Self-reliance is the only alternative for you and your family. So go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get $200 in essential survival gear with each three-month emergency food kit you need, plus free shipping. Get one kit per person in your family so nobody goes hungry. Everything's in stock right now and ready to ship fast. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next disaster strikes. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. So that can be pretty spooky. Uh, microwaves and stuff like that. And, the, and the, the, I guess the difference between some of these, um, some of these weapon systems, these direct energy weapons, uh, and this was, this was uh, again, dumbed down. And I, I read a report. This is from, from Booz Allen. And the author was Lieutenant General Trey Obering III. Uh, so this smart dude, he's working at Booz Allen, I guess. Um, Booz, Booz Allen Hamilton, I believe, is the full name. But he's exp- here's a good one too. Um, you you know how to tell? Um, we had a, we used to have to study ranks and pay grades for other services, which uh, the air the Air Force is still pretty weird. Navy was weird until I got into the Navy, and then it made sense to me. Obviously, we have the best one in seamen. Um, Army and Marine Corps are pretty standard. But the way it was explained to me how to tell your general officers is another, uh, this would be not necessarily an acronym, more of an abbreviation, maybe an acronym. They said it stood for Be My Little General. Pretty cool. B is Brigadier. My is Major, General. Little Lieutenant General. And then General is General. Be My Little General. So uh, he wrote this and he was explaining, he was explaining that the, the, the flashlight uh, no, sorry. He was playing the laser versus the microwave stuff, and he says the difference between it's like the difference between a laser pointer and a flashlight. But a laser is a single color, and it can be it can stay concentrated for thousands of miles, even into space, which is cool. And I guess you can change the frequencies of a lot of these weapon systems in order to disable or kill the people and or ship and or uh, airframe drone missile out of the sky. <laughs> and because now we're getting into why it was so important to start Space Force because of stuff like this, because there's going to be a read. I mean, that that's why the, the balloons were coming over our head, too, and getting getting our um, the dynamics of how we respond to stuff. And we proved that we weren't very, very uh, responsive. But like when they were talking about you can shoot these thousands of miles into space, it's like, man, a space blowtorch. That is badass. And they're powerful based on the amount of energy transferred to the target over a period of time. So that's lethal to non-lethal. But stuff, some of these weapon systems I think they're coming up with can probably cut the steel or, or metal of a ship in a matter of seconds. Or they could just blind you. A blind your weapon system, like I was saying, with the way we use sonar and radar. I don't know if it's going to work underwater. I don't know if we're going to reflect off that. But I'm sure someone somewhere, uh, um, again, smarter than me, smarter than I, did come up with a, with a system. Th- th- uh, these lasers can uh, make pressurized vessels explode. So if they hit like a fuel tank or whatever or a, a missile... They can make him blow up. And the general, lieutenant general said, um, or just general, it, once they get to a certain level, it's not uh, <laughs> it's not like Vindman. And uh, it's lieutenant colonel. It's just colonel. So uh, general's a general. Admiral's an admiral. Oh, yeah. So 
for Navy, it's um, Rear Admiral, Rear Admiral, Vice Admiral, Admiral. So that's that's how the and I just remember that too because it's uh, uh, Seaman, Seaman, Seaman. Petty Officer Second Class, right? Or is it four Seamans? Petty Officer Third Class, Petty Officer Second Class, Petty Officer First Class Chief, Senior Chief Petty Officer, Master Chief Petty Officer. I just went through that because it made sense to me because I had to get to most of those ranks. And we used to have to take uh, test, written tests to get advanced. Before SO, Special Operator, became a rate, a rate of its own, we like we had bosun's mates. I was a parachute rigger, air, air crew survival equipment in a PR. <clears throat> I actually had a buddy call me from... Uh, that I worked with forever, including SEAL Team 6, and he still called me PR2, I think, that which is a second class, because I could never make it. I had to get capped at meritoriously advanced because that was uh, I wasn't interested in <laughs> that kind of shit, I guess. But uh, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. We were talking about the lethality of microwaves, too. And you've seen this uh, inadvertently at your own home when you accidentally put, like, tinfoil or a metal-lined... Um, I don't know, and I've, I did this before. I put a metal, I don't know why, a metal-lined bowl with marshmallows in it, and the marshmallows apparently were pressurized enough to blast the door of the dam. I'm like looking at this uh, microwave, marshmallow, marshmallows blowing up, and it opened the door, so that was pressurized. And, excuse me, um, there uh, the lasers are really, really good at, because some of the concerns in the future, and we've probably seen a lot of this footage on the internet of drones, really small uh, four-prop four drones, the little teeny ones. Like, they'll go find the Ukrainians are using them, and we see the, and we see the, uh, the videos with heavy metal music and stuff on the internet. I'm not into that. I, I don't think, I mean, I used to think that was cool, but it's just, to me, it's a dude running for his life and somebody else with a toy dropping a bomb on him. But if you think about that, We've been doing that too. We've I've, I've seen a dude get zapped by one of our drones in a hellfire. He was on a motorcycle because um, he got nailed because like his buddy, there's two guys. You'd be amazed how many people Al Qaeda can put on a motorcycle, and we shouldn't forget about them either when we're talking about evolving uh, battlefields. But uh, but the amount of people they can put on uh, a motorcycle, you should see a Jenga truck. My God. Crazy, but a lot of people on those. We'll talk about that's in Afghanistan mainly, but they could put like four dudes comfortably, five uncomfortably, on a motorcycle. And we blasted this one dude because uh, the guy on the back of his motorcycle was, turned on his cell phone. And I think we can say that now because we're you know we're, we already pretty much know what's going on. Could you, I think he sent a text? Can you imagine as that hellfire zapping in? He just turns around and because like you had a you had a text a piece of ass, and now we're both going to be dead. But um, it's so the future of this in a ground combat uh, in ground combat and sea warfare where it's numbers now and army versus army, even if they're not uniformed, but they could be uniformed, but maybe not like the Wagner group, that mercenary group in Russia that's fighting the Ukrainians. They're, they might not be in uniform, but drones are being used now. And they were also concerned, especially in the littoral area of massive attack boats, small attack boats. So. Um, lasers, and we talked about the Littoral Marines. Um, we they had dudes, enlisted guys on the ground with lasers as weapons, and because they did some training, because uh, you can shoot down drones, the little guys that you you, know, you buy at the store, with the, but not the bombs. I hope you can't buy bombs. I mean, if we're pissed about handguns, you shouldn't be able to buy a bomb. That's that's just my take on the Second Amendment. Um, but 
they were sending drones after these dudes to see in training, and th- this guy, sh- this one dude saying, I could literally shoot them down faster than they could put them up. So we can do that with the drones, knock them out of the sky, hopefully hit one of their weapon systems, and then the other, the boats, if they came in. And then uh, lasers are really cool, too, because that now we're talking about a really good missile defense against um, missiles, even hypersonic missiles. And they can hit them. Let's just talk conventional missiles. They have a boost, ascent, and mid-flight, and they can hit them with the lasers, depending on where our missiles are. And space warfare, God forbid we get into that, but we are humans, and we have a tendency to, if we find an environment, I will find a way to kill you in it because you don't believe what I believe. And then the the hypersonic threat. So that was conventional. The hypersonic threat is something else, too, because you hear about those missile systems. And as a country, we have fallen back on the technology as far as I think China and maybe Russia go, not because we don't have the best scientists. It's because we let them steal a lot of their technology. As China's watching us fight in Afghanistan and Iraq, and now they're watching Russia, um, they're, they're getting better at their hypersonic missiles, which can fly now. They, they can fly at Mach 5 or higher. And so Mach 1 is the speed of sound. Mach 5 is, fi- let me do the math, five times faster than the speed of sound. But then these hypersonic missiles, this new technology, they don't just glide. Like, they maneuver. And they, can, they like, move, change trajectory, change their, uh, their heading, which changes their course, obviously, and whatever the, the bearing is. But this is why we need Space Force, and this is why these dudes are going to be really cool if it comes to this. Because, like, to me, the Space Force men and women, <clears throat> they're a lot. See, we have drones that are flown out of Las Vegas, and they would fly them over... Uh, in Iraq, and like if you, or even I remember Tuesday, okay, not even them, because I think those are pilots to fly those. We had the dudes on the back of a Navy ship that would throw a drone and then fly it with a little remote control, and like out in town, they'd see a, see a girl or something. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a pilot. Well, okay. But the, the Space Force guys are going to be, um, like I can hear them saying, I can hit a hypersonic missile with a laser from birth to death, which is the entire flight, and that sounds cool, right? I don't, I don't care who you are. And um, <clears throat> so when we get into these hypersonic intercept, which might be fired from space or just below space, or if it's a land target or on the sea, you got it's all depend on, on your jitters, I guess. They would, that, and I'm serious, they say it that way. It needs to fly um, three times its target speed, so Mach 15, in order to intercept something flying that's Mach 5. The good news is that uh, directed energy weapons travel at the speed of light, which as far as we know is the, um, that's the speed limit in space, in life. The fastest you can go is the speed of light. You know, we can get back into conspiracies. So if they, get a little of this. So it, think about how crazy that is if they can fly the speed of light, which is as fast as we know how, oh, we, we can't go that far, fast. But um, if they were engaging a hypersonic missile, let's say that was that was traveling at Mach 15. So let's say the missile's going that fast, which is really fast. This laser would be going 33 times faster than Mach 15. That's crazy. And um, they're real. Uh, these direct energy weapons are real. Um, and they're maturing at a, at a higher rate. So uh, with the, some of the issues they were saying with the Space Force mice have as far as, I don't know if it, gets, if it affects lasers too much, though, is the atmospheric turbulence, haze, even clouds. And then, I mean, here's something I didn't even read about. What about friendly fire? Where's this microwave going? And w- do I shut down a battle group? So let's make sure the guy that's, or the person, the woman, 
the, the, the they that are doing that. Let's watch out for a friendly fire with microwaves. And they, and they've uh, China's used microwaves before on uh, Indian soldiers uh, on the border. So then, this is, so this is how it's maturing on the battlefield. This is this is lethal as hell, and we got to watch the um, escalation of this. But then you got to consider: what if someone's getting their ass whipped? With the new space wars and laser wars, then do they go to nukes? Can we shoot them down with our lasers? It's a, it's a, it's a mad, mad world out there, and it's, uh, it's kind of scary. So we got to train these guys, right? Where? Uh, well, that's why we have the Marine Corps again because they're working their asses off. Uh, and uh, th- the way they're training out there, like places like Pendleton and San Clemente Island, again, awesome bar story. But it's like the recruiting poster when you go to join the military. Like, uh, I can only relate to the SEAL poster. Man, that sure looks cool. Nah, 95% of it isn't. Most of it just sucks because if you're going to be good somewhere, you want to go to where the enemy's not going to follow you. So sleeping in a swamp sounds cool. Do it for five days or whatever. You know, going out there so you can prove that you can survive off the lamb trying to eat grasshoppers and rabbits. Skin a rabbit. Don't talk to the boss. He's he. Don't worry. This is our new littoral fighting force, and he's not expecting to hear from us for a week. I know what I'd be doing, and it wouldn't be skinning rabbits. And today, this podcast is sponsored by Blue Chew, so let's talk about sex. Guys, shouldn't you always be at your best? This is the year to maximize your performance in the bedroom, so listen up. Check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportune arises, if you know what I'm saying. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. There's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So don't be the guy that says, I don't need it. You don't know until you try. You could be missing out on the best. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. There's always first impressions. We know that. But what about a lasting impression? Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code OPERATOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code OPERATOR to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. BlueChew.com, promo code OPERATOR. So I need to get into why this is important. For us, as as Americans or in the West, our coalition, um, because it's not being it's not being taught in a lot of our places. I need to tell you the dangers of uh, stuff the totalitarian regimes are doing too, along with with the 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 theft, the infiltration, the spying, um, even at, you know at our own universities, and it's you know it's it's in it's in the United States, in the UK, it's in Europe. Um, because of the the Chinese um, Communist Party and the shitty thing about dealing with regimes, even I mean, even the shitty thing about going to war, is um, a lot of people aren't trying to fight against us. Now, now, who's to say that they're not teaching a bunch of 
Chinese folks to fight. I know they are. When we're worried about pronouns, they're over there learning how to take apart weapons, put them back together, and shoot straight. So <clears throat> that is important. But how it how how you get to that point? There's an interview. Um, I saw it with. I just watched it. A two-hour interview. Uh, Jordan Peterson, if you haven't read his books, um, as soon as you're done with this podcast and you read both of my books, go read his books. Um, a brilliant man, a great author, and he truly cares. And it's it's really interesting. I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, but uh, Jordan Peterson interviewed Yan Mi Park, who was from North Korea. And she was explaining, she was explaining in this interview um the evils of extreme totalitarianism and communism. And when she explained it, she was able to talk about her grandmother who knew Korea before the Kims took over, before Kim Il-sung, Kim Jong-il, Kim, Kim Jong-un. And, uh, I mean, it got up to the point where they had taken the Bible and, like, rewrote parts so that the people in North Korea thought that, Kim Il-sung was the son of God. Weird shit like that. They're saying now that Kim Jong-un, he played one round of golf in his life and he shot an 18. That's a damn good score. But they believe crap like that. They were, um, they they got it to the point where Yanmi Park was explaining how growing up, the first thing her mother taught her to do was bow. And then your most dangerous you're, the most dangerous thing for your physical safety is your tongue. Don't whisper because even the birds and mice can hear you and they'll report on you. Everyone's a spy. Um, and, they, and they went with group guilt. And that might sound familiar to what's happening a little bit now. Group guilt of what happened in the past. If your ancestors did something in the past, you have tainted blood and you can never get out of that group. Some people are born in prison because of what their ancestors did and they never leave. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't own anything. Think about think about the government trying to own everything here now. You can't own anything. It comes with taxes eventually. It 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 creeps in. And uh you can't trade. You can't you can't trade for anything. There's no there's no animals around. You can't eat. Starvation is their weapon. If you wear jeans, you're uh considered a capitalist, jail. Um and the jails aren't just like I'm talking Horrible conditions where you die in prison. You can't even look the guard in the eye. It's against the rule. How you cut your hair. It's on the radio. Constant propaganda. They don't know anything else. They just, uh, they, all they do is listen to this propaganda. It's almost like watching TikTok. Um, but uh, like I said, everyone is a spy and you can't trust anybody to the point where she was explaining that they, the only food, say, you don't have any possessions the only food sometimes you could get is what you could find and you would have to grow stuff and give it to the regime but it was hard to grow stuff in north korea because there was listen to this shit there was no uh fertilizer so you need fertilizer what what's a fertilizer your own poo so people are literally stealing poo out of the trash can they would send uh kids out along along the streets to look for human waste and there was it was almost she said the cycle was so your poop was valuable because you might be able to grow something with it. And she said people would chase animals in the street looking for rats so you could eat the rats. And I don't even want to know how they were eating the rats. You're probably not cooking them because you can't start a fire because you got nothing. But then you eat the rats and eventually someone dies so the rats eat you. And it's like a cycle if you think about how bizarre that is. So she, I mean, the most horrifying place imaginable. I, I can't tell her story. I wasn't there. I'd love to talk to her. 
But she said, and they can't talk about it, there's three, 300,000 refugees in China from North Korea who are sex slaves. And the reason that is was because of the one-child policy of the communist Chinese where you could have forced abortions or you know do it yourself because but you wanted a, a male child so i don't know how you figure that you know especially out in the out in the mountains but there were no girls being born so like 23 million chinese guys never will have a woman so that the, when these refugees i don't know how escaped north korea then they would sell them as sex slaves and that's you're in china as a sex slave and that's so you're leaving the most horrible place in the possible in the world. You're li- that's living in hell. I mean, they, they didn't even know what China was. It, it, like, you're not allowed to, you don't know anything except North Korea. The entire world is bad. Um, the Kim fam- the Kims are the best. They're gods. And um, if you leave, they, uh, nobody talks about the, sla- rarely anyone talks about the slavery in China. And that's from the, the, the Muslim Uyghurs and um, the sweatshops and then the sex slaves. And uh, no one wants to bring it up. And then uh, she finally got to Mongolia and then South Korea, I guess. And then in South Korea, because they didn't trust the North Koreans, she had to go through a, a six-month, or sorry, a, a six-month class, or a, a class, a three-month class, where they are teaching you, uh, well, they're first of all trying to make sure you're not a spy, and then they need to introduce you to a new planet because you're from North Korea. You don't know anything except the horrible lives of hell and then sex slavery. So she got she got out here with some of her family members. Don't know how. And then here's what gets interesting, is uh, she so she did a four year degree in South Korea. Then she she made her way to New York and she got into Columbia University, which used to be one of the finest institutions of learning in the world. And the only way she described it was complete madness. In economics class. They had to stop teaching certain parts because of trigger warnings for thinking about rape. Here's a woman who was a sex slave, a girl who was a sex slave. Oh, there's trigger warnings because someone, you know, thinks thinks about it. Um, and now it, English was not her first language. She, she probably speaks several. And she said she had a tough time with pronouns because sometimes, and I even heard her in this interview, she'd refer to herself as him, me, uh, when in, in a, a masculine sense. And she said it was hard there because... The teachers would stop her and speaking a different language, not knowing how to, thinking she was properly talking pronouns and conjugating verbs didn't work that way because there was no him him or her. She was told to use they and them and then she said she couldn't, uh, she couldn't figure out how to get that in the language. She said she'd get yelled at by professors when she said, why would you let men open the door for you? Because uh, you're showing their power over you. You're so brainwashed by North Korea. And she said... Uh, I, she said what she learned in four years at Columbia was how to censor herself again because they didn't, she said they didn't teach facts. They just shape the way you think so you're part of an ideology. And we've been warned about this. When freedom of speech becomes obsolete, that is the start of totalitarianism. And it all started somewhere. And this is what's happening now. If you look around, book burning and tearing down statues ensures that you won't know the past, and if you don't know the past, you're going to be doomed to repeat it. And there's a, I mean, for being quiet and being afraid, there's a price for being silent. And if they, if they come for your speech, what else are they going to come for? There are things you can't say, even if they're true. What are our other freedoms? Assembly. They locked us in our houses. Religion. They want to separate everything. Uh, the guns. That's a big one. And then freedom of speech. All in the name of equality. 
imagine going through all of what she went through in North Korea, all of what she went through in China and Mongolia and South Korea, just to get here, go to one of our best universities and say, what a waste of time that was. If my kid says he wants to go to Colombia, I'm not paying for it. This is the suicide of our civilization. I mean, I just said earlier that the communist Chinese and the communist Russians killed more people than the Nazis, but th- that was the thing with the, with the Nazis. When nobody, when nobody is free, no one is left to fight. And then an, an entitled society thinks that just because they were born with freedom means they'll always have it. That's not the case. You can see them going away bit by bit. Like I said, it comes overnight. Education was the way to teach young people how easy freedom is lost, how weak it is, how fragile the, fragi- the fragility of freedom. And then, again, no one, no one speaks up about China because uh, they're running the place. Like, it's like, why, why is it a, uh, a, an argument or even a conversation about in a household that we know TikTok is how they're spying on us? Well, they said they're not. Well, yeah. I mean, if you know they are, get rid of it. But people don't. There's a great quote... Um, from Ronald Reagan, freedom is a fragile thing and it's never more than one genera- generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation for it comes only once to a people and those in, in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. And that's the, we, have a na- we have a nation of officials elected by the people to serve the people and then, the, then they should be able to delegate to the next authority. Uh, it was never meant to be a permanent government. It was never meant to be an establishment. We, uh, we, we were not supposed to have a government that gets rich because they're politicians. So this is the thing about freedom. So uh, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. Get out there and vote, and you're never out of the fight.